hello and welcome to the art podcast my name's tom cox and on today's episode i talk with british artist mark charlton we chat about his past life as an animator and how an experiment with screen printing at home led to a 10-year art practice which he sustains today his work is process driven explores a multitude of materials and i love it so much that i have one of his paintings at home i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i did making it So I'm down here in Shoreham by Sea. Uh, I'm with Mark Charlton. We're in his, uh, how would you call this room? What's it called? This is my outdoor office cabin room. Okay, we're, <laughs> yeah. in, we're in the office cabin. One of my cabin. studios, yeah. Um, Mark's just been showing me his studio, his storage, his artworks, his home. He's very generously invited me into his house. And I am very excited to interview him today. We've been showing Mark's work at the gallery since, oh, when was it? Maybe November last year or something Yeah, I think like so. That? With the, uh, what was, was the first show? Raw? Yeah, the Raw show yeah. was the first show, yeah. So it's been about a year now that I've been showing Mark's work and it's growing with popularity. Um, the people in the Crystal Palace community and local to the gallery seem to be more and more interacting and engaging with his work. Uh, so I came down today to see what he's been up to and also get this podcast done so thank you mark thank you i'm gonna start by going back and i want to ask you when was it that you first decided that you wanted to be an artist was there a certain age it's funny actually i i've always been creative and wanted to do something in the creative industries so my first thing I did was study animation at university, got my degree in animation and subsequently went on and worked in the industry a little bit and um, set up my own freelance animation company where I went on to make music videos and um, projections for bands and worked with some really nice bands as well at the time. And then I was looking into graphic designs and always wanted to do some screen printing (laughs) so I invested a a little bit of money in some secondhand screen printing gear off of eBay yeah and just sort of tried it out at home using the bathtub to wash the screens out all that sort of stuff very much a a household thing and and it was going quite well so I decided I'd look into getting a a studio and I was fortunate enough to find a studio in Hove called it was a collective co-op of called Red Herring Studios okay and, and so, when, when was this now? Like This was, um, I believe it was 2012. 2012. Yeah, so, yeah. so I moved into the studios in Hove and it gave me a lot more space to set up for screen printing. Um, so that's kind of what I taught myself, You're watching YouTube and things like that and set off to do screen printing alongside the animation and music videos. Now through that, I guess the way I work is I'm quite experimental in everything I do. So I think one day I just sort of accidentally screen printed onto some wood or something. Mm. And I just love the texture it made. (laughs) So I added a bit of paint on it and sandpapered it back a little bit to get some texture. Yeah. And it kind of opened up a a whole new thing for me in, in terms of creativity of just not being able to print onto paper. It was more printing onto a surface and then combining materials. Mm. So from that, I made a bit of a leap into making a couple of pieces of um, fine art, I guess. Um, where I would... So it was quite a gradual process. Yeah, it was. It wasn't something I didn't go to sort of 
sort of an art school as such to and then came straight out into fine art it was kind of just through my own um, experimentation and love of physically making something mm. so I, I my first show I did was in 2013 at the Brighton Art Fair and okay. my work was probably it was very different to what it is now and it was just working on some old bits of hardboard and using print and splattered paint effects and it, it was really exciting to have my work seen and it gave me a real bug of sort of making stuff for people to see i got such a kick out of it yeah that um i sort of said i i, I sort of pushed this a little bit further mm. so i started using the screen printing and painted techniques to make the panels with to make the art with and that that's kind of how i got into it so before that you said you were doing music videos and animation yeah and how long were you pursuing that as a career for yeah that was quite a long time i, I actually graduated back into it yeah 2001 which university did you it go to it's actually um wrexham north in north wales it, when i graduated unfortunately the animation industry was a bit kaput in this country so i actually set up a workshop scheme where it would keep me in animation and i, I sort of set up a, it was called the animation workshop and i'd go off around schools and colleges teaching animation and on the back of that i then set up my freelance animation company called blue star animation and I'd always been into music and stuff and I just thought the, the most sensible thing for me to do was to sort of go into the music scene a little bit and make some videos for some bands, some up and coming bands. Yeah. And it was really, really good fun. I'd get to go and film the bands and make sort of motion graphics and animation and some projection work. It was it was really good fun, you know, as I say. And but again at the time it was <laughs> in there's a bit of a crash in the music industry in this sort right. of you know uh, at the time and, and the budgets weren't brilliant so I sort of had to to go off and find other ways of bringing an income in and that kind yeah. of where the screen printing came in I thought well if I could learn screen printing I could then make some posters and uh, <laughs> some leaflets and graphics and stuff for some yeah. you know to, to to sell and that's kind of the start of it really of um, yeah, yeah. of making things yeah so it was so screen printing and stuff was never I never really made edition screen prints like most printmakers do. They'd sort of do a number one of a hundred. Yeah, or yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I never saw it like that. It was always screen printing was just for individual pieces, and mm. I think that's where I then got into to making the bigger individual pieces okay. using screen print. You weren't interested yeah. in multiples. You no, to give yeah, each piece. I, it, it, yeah, it's, uh, sort of honor of being yeah. on its own. Yeah, basically, it, it was exactly that. It was kind of if I was making something. I just wanted to concentrate on that piece. Um, funnily enough, I, I don't use screen printing much anymore um, in my work. Um, I went through a whole phase um, when I first started. Um, I, I sort of made a sort of narratives and things and stories that I'd use screen print in. But then that kind of got faded out as I started to experiment with um, other techniques and ways of making... Um, making my artwork um so I, I got more into layering techniques and um I've always been fascinated with with layering and weathering and um so I think that's kind of been the what my art's been about <laughs> the last mm. few years is is this the sort yeah. of aging and like that, yeah. that, that that effect um yeah I definitely yeah. sense that in your work I know you have lots of different influences would you would you care to share a little bit of that with us? Like what what yeah. what influences you when you're creating these works and what thoughts are going through your head? Yeah, I mean, 
the most recent stuff is um so this is your origin series yeah, yeah the origin series up until now i've sort of <laughs> branched off again a little bit it's um it's kind of about life i think and our place in the universe and how we're all connected within the universe very loosely i listen to sort of lots of um podcasts about space and um why we're here and all sorts of things and i try and think of that when I'm, I'm making my artwork I want the work to be reflective of memories and of having a past itself and you can reflect with that it's um so that's kind of what it's about at the moment it's um it's just about making age the work is being aged so yeah. it, it, it reflects back at you as we're all growing older and we're get you know aging all the time I want the work to reflect that as well so it looks like it's had a past and um mm. I've always been fascinated with um, sort of monolithic structures and things that have man-made that have just been left idle and silent now. Mm. Um, and I, I guess I want people to look at the work as, as it's abstract of making their own conclusion up, but, you know, looking in details of it, of um, is it is it part of something bigger or is it something microscopic, you know, looking at atoms or something. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a funny one of my, my earlier narratives is when I was showing you around earlier I was um uh, literal narratives of stories I've made bodies of work about space and sort of mid-century journeys into space and they were supposed to reflect graphics and um and this things. was a, a past series we've not shown yeah. that series at our gallery no, but it's no. that's called the b12 series yeah the b12 series, so this is yeah. what you were working on just before the pandemic yeah, a little bit before the before. Sort of yeah, um, it was a bit before. It was a kind of a project when I, as I say, when I f- first started making the work, it was um, I, I thought it'd be really good to have this this structure to it, this narrative, and the whole narrative was my sort of love of mid century design, um, and sort of the color schemes, and you know, just after the the, the Second World War and in the fifties as invention jet engines and the beginnings of the space race and I, I thought it'd be fun to sort of make a narrative of <laughs> um of what graphics and things would look like if they were going off to space so I made a this story up called the b12 module and each of the pieces was an element of a journey yeah that, um it sounds a bit weird now but sort of no, going going to sort of Pluto or somewhere and it was um I just got a kick out of sort of doing, creating your own universe. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. And um, the the pieces were very graphic. They were sort of designed um, on a computer, and um, but then the whole physical process of 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 screen printing onto wood panels and making the layered layers underneath it 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 sort of taught me a lot in terms of um, composition and. the aesthetics of how I wanted to make and that's kind of although my work I feel was sort of developed over the last few years and it's very much more organic now my work and it's um not designed on a computer um it kind of gave me that that love of of making something look aged and worn and Mm. and I say the the layering process is very important to me no no matter what I use as as a um, materials it's um I, I sort of start off with 
with foundation layers, but then I'll use thin thin layers. It could be thin layers of concrete, thin layers of paper, thin layers of paint. Mm. But the magic to me has always been the um, the the weathering and wearing into those layers. Yeah. And I love the beauty of of things that I can't control. Um, yeah, and to me, that's the magic of what how I like to make things is um, a physical process, but um, not always knowing what what it's going to look like yeah, so and then then it's it's always shaping the pieces they're very sculptural i i like to think that i'm mm. always shaping the piece um to, to 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 finish how i'd like it to be yeah 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 interesting um i mean like going back to the sort of sculptural aspects of your work mm. you you showed me a few sculptures i hadn't had never actually seen before um these concrete sculptures that you'd created um Let's talk a little bit about the sort of materiality in your work. So why do you choose, uh, for example, concrete or paper? Or <laughs> what, what, what is it about this, um, you know, that concrete's quite a, like a construction material, you know? Uh, wh what yeah. is it about that that is appealing to you? Um, I've, I've always loved concrete as a material. <laughs> it's, it's always fascinated me. I, li I like concrete architecture. Mm -hmm. um, so brutalism. It, it, and... Yeah, brutalism. I like the coldness of it. And I just, I just love it. And it was through a series of work from a couple of years ago. I sort of spent a year or so, I guess, making pieces that were made with concrete, although I'd had resins in and bits and pieces. The, the, the base material was a concrete and I wanted it to be the pieces to be cold and and sensual almost in terms of being able to touch them. Mm. Um, so I made a series of work that were very minimal, um, and it was all about the final touch of them. Um, so I wanted the, the people to be able to touch them and feel the coldness of the concrete. Mm. And it was just that that thing of a man-made object that again has been left silent and cold um, and concrete's just a, a lovely material to do that with. I don't think that you can use many other things that has that coldness to it, mm. that um, the, the structure of it. So I, I, I sort of developed these, these ways of working with it where I'd be layering using very, very fine layers because mm. um, I had to always think of the final look where, where it wouldn't crack or anything like that. So I use very fine layers and then, throughout the process would would really sand them back and polish them up so you'd be left with a really ultra smooth sort of surface mm. and um the sculptures um sort of came off the back of that um that i was thinking well the actual wall pieces that you could mount on the wall they're lovely but they're flat but i, yeah. I wanted to be able to hold it so i started to um think well how how I could how I could do that so I, I made some basic molds you know little triangles and things and just pour concrete in to to see what they would come out with and it kind of developed from there and um I hope they sort of um go well with like the the, the flatter pieces because the, the flat pieces you can touch with your hands mm. um but the small you know the smaller sculptures you could pick up and move and and it was just about that physicality of an object and the heaviness of it. Um, just, I, you know, I just, I just loved them. You know, it's, um, yeah, yeah. it's really nice. I don't make many sculptures, but um, it was, it, it was. Like, I, yeah. I find it really interesting um, having come from your background in 
animation which i imagine was a lot more i don't know was it more computer based uh, at the time then or no i, I actually trained as physical a, yeah it was as a 2d drawn animator yeah um, so i used to do lots of drawings and um yeah. and things like that yeah it's just, but the physicality yeah. of your work now feels much more than what i imagine you would be doing in an animation it, was it uh when you're going into your sort of layering and developing all of these things was there anything earlier in your life that kind of would have given a clue that that you might have gone in that direction um possibly um i i yeah i think um from from the animation just doing multiple because the the way we i was making animation was 2d it was um frame by frame drawing over drawing mm. so in a way that's the the layering of ah, of um okay. of bringing animation to life so when um, you say drawing over drawing is the paper like so you can sl see through it so you can make yeah. the, the next sort of movement yeah exactly of the, you'd of the work, character. yeah you'd work on a light box and use thin, thinner sort of paper than normal and um you'd you you draw frame after frame so yeah a bit um, like making a flip book but yeah, you'd be yeah. able to see see each drawing so, that. so you're always looking through the previous layer to inform the next one. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's just... I, but again, it's animating, that was always... I've never really been um, wanting to pursue that into computer animation or anything because it was always the tactile mm. um, tactile nature of using paper and pencil. Um, I like using my hands making stuff and feeling things, and I think that sort of reflects in what I do. It's always... Yeah. It's very hands-on... Um, but yeah, so the animation, yeah, I, I, I'd be doing lots of multiple drawings and things. But then through through that, I'd be making sketchbooks, and through them, I would always be layering paint and things yeah. like that. It was just sort of a different subjects, you know, is yeah. more um, for for graphics and animation. It was just taking those um, to make into fine art, I guess. Um, it yeah. was, um uh, you were saying earlier that you you often start small scale, and that's almost like mm. your sketchbook work. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about your sort of process of coming yeah. up to your more large scale uh, artworks and yeah. how, how you arrived there? Yeah, I think um, I I seem to change a lot <laughs> when year after year I sort of um, get different ideas or different materials I want to work with. Um, so I think it's the easiest way for me to do it mm. is to make small pieces. And again, with the concrete, I was making small pieces and then made huge pieces. Then after that, I was using paper, very fine Japanese paper. So I started small, went big. So I, 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 I sort of always want to try something different in terms mm. of if I think of a progression, but I always start small. Um, and yeah, it is a bit like a sketchbook in terms of just, being able to do smaller work quicker mm -hmm. um, and seeing if there's any potential and to be able to make that bigger because um, because it is such physical I don't you know it's not just a painting or a drawing so I couldn't just use a sketchbook I have to physically handle the um, the materials yeah and learn about the materials myself so if it is when I first started using fine fine you know very ultra fine papers and things it was about how how I can use them how can they be glued on how can they mm. be sanded into how can paints react with them and things so it's kind of a, a a quick way of um making smaller work but experimenting for myself and I think that's what I like to do is experimenting yeah. I wouldn't say that's so much like the, the joy <laughs> yeah it is the it's, joy it's, of the process it, exactly that yeah. I, I can't um it's not actually I wouldn't 
I'm not an artist. I get I'm an experimentist or something. <laughs> it's um, um, it's, it's yeah. that kind of. You're love. not. You're not. You're not necessarily there for the finished thing. You're there no. for the for the for that that exactly. experiment. What's yeah. what's what else can I discover in these? Exactly. Materials? It's um, very. Mm. I guess my work now is very process driven. It's yes. not. Um, a, a lot of the time I, I don't control it it's kind of I have a starting point where they all might start the same but through I mean it, it's even how things dry differently throughout the year it could dry quicker mm. slower but that that all affects the surface and how I yeah. do it so I can't necessarily always recreate stuff yeah there's a process but then I will find something in that process there's many variables exactly <laughs> and I'll discover the next thing yeah. and um then push it because a couple of years ago I went sort of ultra minimal in terms of using paper and yeah. I just wanted to to layer paper mm. and have that beautiful texture of paper but then I started to to score lines under it so you'd have this um a line work underneath yeah and then I started adding other dirt and <laughs> bits of collage to it and wearing yeah. into it um and progressively over the last couple of years i guess my work's become um it's still I'd, I'd say fairly minimal in terms of the actual composition but the actual surface texture is a much more complex yeah um, it's a much more complex finish yeah and it kind of i i guess it kind of looks like it's just been sanded back and um mm. just been left but there's there's real subtle uh, subtleness in it yeah. where i would i'm never happy until the surface or something is absolutely how i want it to look yeah um so it does but you know they the, the time taken to make them is quite intense sometimes because i can't finish them all yeah yeah all together if i make a body of work yeah they'll all go off in different tangents and yeah some some are easier to to conclude than others yeah. i guess it's, <laughs> yeah um, yeah no definitely i mean i, I can yeah. definitely relate in terms of like um, you know my painting practice like i'm always like mm, what other palette colors can i use mm. you know what do i want to use my palette knife this time do i want to use my brushes like it's it's exciting to to play with those different things but i think throughout all of it actually your voice is very clear mm. it, even though it, your artwork has developed a lot i can see that your voice is is it has stayed it's the same artist making mm. this work you know yeah, I think I think I'd like to think so, <laughs> um, because I, I know it's, it's kind of almost I feel it's a drawback sometimes that every couple of years you can look at my work two years ago or something and it's different to what I'm doing. Yeah. But you're right. I hope I hope people see that in it, that it's it's basically the same process, but it's just my love of discovering new materials and new mm. ways to do it um, that I get a real kick out of. Um, well, I, so, yeah. I think that's important as well is is realizing, you know, why are you doing this? There's, you know, for example, some people, uh, Frank Auerbach, I don't know if you know his work, very sculptural mm. uh, British artist who made yeah. oil paintings that were, you know, two inches deep, um, okay. super, oh, yeah. super yeah. thick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went to a retrospective at the Tate, mm. Tate Britain a few years back and I saw his work and each uh, room was dedicated to a decade of his life. He did the same thing for his whole life. Mm. It was quite a boring exhibition to walk through. Mm -hmm. I, w I, I went into the first room. I said, okay, it's mm. quite interesting. I went to the second room. It was quite interesting. He mm. didn't change much in these two decades. Mm. Went to the third room. And it was it was just the same throughout the whole mm. exhibition. Uh, you know, for, uh, Sorry to any Frank Auerbach yeah. fans, yeah. but <laughs> it, it didn't do much for me. You know, I kind right. of want to see a journey or a yeah. process. Or like, you know, there's different stages. There's different things happening in your life. How are they affecting the work that you're creating? You know? Mm. 
Um, so I, I personally enjoy it when an artist is taking you on a journey, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's it. That is my journey, I think. I, you know, I don't apologise for having things that are completely different a few years ago than they yeah. are now. And as I say, I hope there is the relation there of, if, of the construction of it. Mm-hmm. It's just moved on in terms of what materials I might have used or yeah, yeah, yeah. all my work's always physically made. It's, it's sort of a that as I say it's, it's a physical process so let's I've spoken a lot about your materials and your process mm. why don't we talk about your life as an artist mm. uh, and you know you said like your first experience was in an exhibition in Brighton mm-hmm. so was this this was your first sort of like okay I've been making this work mm. how do I sell it now like how, yeah. how do I turn this into a job <laughs> so let, how's that journey gone for you and, and what were your starting points yeah I think that you know, yeah, it was back almost 10 years ago now, I guess. Um, my first show was the Brighton Art Fair. Yeah. And um, it, it was quite bizarre, as most people say, when you do your first show or something, it's like, wow, my stuff's on the wall and you're, you're yeah. really putting it out there to the world. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's even more bonkers when you actually sell a piece for the first time. I think that's it's such a crazy sensation. Do you remember and your first sale? I, I do, yeah. yeah. I trip. don't think anyone yeah. forgets. No, I know, yeah. What was it? It was at? a really lovely family um, yeah. from Hove that bought a tiny... I'm embarrassed now because it's probably fallen to pieces now. As good as aging, t- weathering exactly, techniques yeah. then. Yeah. Exactly, because I, I wasn't even going to do the fair. It's just because I got a last minute sort of invitation to yeah. it. And, um, and I hastily put some stuff together and it was really nice. And it was, uh, you know, to, to be able to do a fair. But it, it, it was when I was just testing the waters with fine art. I, sure. I didn't know about pricing and all of that. And um even framing and hanging the stuff it was just a it was more than a bit of fun it was yeah. more wow I, I want to see how I can do this yeah so you learn a lot quickly when you start showing work I think there's a sort of a real um good learning curve if you know about how you hang work and show it and stuff and mm-hmm. it's um but yeah so so from there I I sort of for the latest couple of years I did some local shows and then um then did some shows up in London with, with, with the other art fair and a couple of galleries at the Affordable Art Fair. And it's it's been quite a nice journey, and, um, you know, to, to be shown. Um, yeah, I, th- I think... Which do you yeah. prefer? Do you prefer I, to when you're manning the stand yourself or when, it, when a gallery is yeah. doing it for you? Or do you, do you like a bit of both? I like, where... I like a bit of both, I think. Yeah. Um, I because of the... the covid pandemic sort of changed my view on it a little bit yeah and um, before there i was doing many shows where I, it was me manning the stand yeah. um and although i'd still like to do them in the future i kind of think um it it, it was kind of taking away my creativeness in a way it was kind mm. of i was always making work just for that show yeah. not making work for myself and um yeah. So now I'm, I'm hoping to hit a bit of a balance where I'm continually making work, but it doesn't always have to be for something. It, it's it's yeah. kind of, I just make it because I want to. And then if it gets an opportunity to be shown somewhere, you know, it's, it's terrific. So I think doing many shows for me, although they were brilliant experiences, it, it was kind of dictating my schedule and what I was making work for. Yeah. Um, so your, your work was bound by the, the time limits and bound by sort yeah. of like um, exhibition spaces. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, as opposed to being a continuation of your exploring. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So I, I hopefully now I sort of have a bit of a 
a happier balance and um, to it's always uh, it's always you know you lean one way and then you have to lean pull back a bit and exactly. lean the other way and I think that's for many artists like one of the most challenging things is is balancing the, the mm. creativity with the you know trying to be commercial and sell your work basically you know yeah. like trying to, to I, yeah, the, the, the place at which your creativity and uh, an art market yeah. interact <laughs> yeah I, th- I think you're right it's that sort of um, it's, it is a fine balance of um, I you shouldn't ever sell your soul to make stuff just to be sold. It has yeah. got to be. But then at the same time, there's always this nagging thing in the back of your mind. What, <laughs> how far can I push something? How much, you know, yeah. but it's kind of, I try to, I try to stick to yeah. to my visions of things. Yeah. Keep um, that voice low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's much more creative and you don't lose it then. I think. Yeah, it's, um, definitely. Yeah. What's been a big high for you in the last 10 years of being an artist? Are there any moments that kind of stand out um, in, in your, in your art career so far? I, I don't say that there's one particular moment. I think um, I've, I've been quite fortunate to have a number of shows and art fairs where I've done fa- fairly well at and the reception of the work's been really good. And that kind of keeps me going. I do. It's it's nice to to do these things and have have some warm words say about your work. It's it's always such a lovely thing. And as I say, it's always a, a brilliant feeling if you get to sell a piece. It's um it's mm. an amazing feeling. And I think that's that's not the bit that keeps me going as an artist. But it's kind of it's kind of knowing that you know you're not just always doing it for yourself. And you know, there's people out there that like what you do it's it's such yeah, a nice yeah. feeling it's mm-hmm. um you know when you might get an email or something by you know randomly by saying they've seen you on instagram and they just like the stuff i think it, it's such a nice feeling it's not so i wouldn't say there's been one highlight i think it's it's been the, the progression of um i feel comfortable with what i do now and i think that's been a highlight because you sort of mm. have to learn you build um, up to yeah that. <laughs> you do you sort of build up how you make things and um learning in your own voice with making art and i think that's i i think the highlight maybe i do feel comfortable making art now i feel yeah. like i can go in the studio and, and and just be comfortable making i think that's nice yeah, yeah. nice so, yeah okay so I, I just had a question in my head when you were mm. saying that when did you first actually say i'm an artist how long because how long did it take for you to say i'm an artist yeah i might have done just now but i don't always say it i I sort of i I never i think because in life you have to say what you do i'm an artist yeah yeah when when you're out and about and people ask you what you do but i don't yeah i don't think of myself as that as so much yeah, yeah it's just kind of um it's just it's the label what that's been put on what exactly you do. yeah i yeah. just make stuff and it's yeah that's art i guess isn't it but, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. i i think yeah i i guess it comes in soon to me it was uh, i guess when you just start showing and um it's probably different for other people and yeah, yeah I, I don't know really it's You're like um, oh well i'm at an art fair so I guess yeah I'm yeah like, i'm an artist now but <laughs> are, are you ever really are you really yeah. not it's um yeah. it's funny if people the funny thing is when people say that they're a professional artist now and you just think well who isn't really well, even if you, i know i don't yeah. i find it really funny and it's yeah. like well, as long as you're making stuff anybody can make work and exactly and you would encourage it all day long and everybody's yeah. an artist if to me that's that's how i see it yeah. i just i've just chosen to you know to do it as my living you know and yeah. you know it's um but i'm no different to anybody that no, no. does it just as a hobby it's exactly um, yeah. it's a it's a process of creation yeah and i think actually for a lot of 
for a lot of people who you know i speak often with artists who are you know either in full-time work or they're in part-time work and they you know i i would love to be full-time you know Mm. i think there's like a oh then you're an artist but it's not that's not the case at all and and there's something actually quite nice about knowing that mm. your stability and your income comes from somewhere else yeah yeah <laughs> it allows nice, the art yeah. to just be the art you <laughs> know nice, yeah. <laughs> um yeah okay cool uh so well we, we better say something about our exhibition then so yeah um i'm organizing a show called yeah. oxygen at my gallery um mark you're going to be part of it mm. uh, as well as Thank david you. taylor and uh, probably gave everyone quite short notice for the yeah. show. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing a November show. And yeah, I've been uh, running around the woodlands and uh, and painting trees and yeah, really just enjoying nature mm. at the moment. Mm. And um, and then I thought, who can, who's who's going to work with this? Mm. How, how can I how can I get a couple of artists? I didn't want to do a big group show, like lots and lots of people. I wanted mm. like, you know, more prominent work and, and clearer voices um so yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about the work that you've been making for this show yeah well the title of the show is oxygen yeah and um it was kind of a broad (laughs) title it's like how i put that in which is it was quite nice it got me thinking it's quite a nice title so yeah what what i've hopefully created is some pieces that sort of again how i make stuff i i sort of push the limits of what I can do so as I'm an abstract worker it doesn't always necessarily you think of of a word or anything but the thought process was definitely there in terms of oxygen and it was um to me it was about the planet obviously and us breathing and where where it comes from so I've sort of added some some green colors and things like that and which is quite exciting because I don't the last couple of years my work's been very sort of monotone and Mm. I had splashes of orange and things but I haven't really used green an awful lot which is lovely because I think it's a, a beautiful color to use and mm. um so I've, I've sort of added that and some some blues and stuff and it's kind of about a couple of pieces about sort of our atmosphere and what's beyond it and how mm-hmm. fragile maybe the, every everything is in balance yeah. um but again I hope hope you can look at the pieces and 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 see other things in it um so yeah it's 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 kind of a personal pieces in a way mm. of, of me reflecting on how we live on the planet and um and we're lucky to be here in a way and I, they're not about climate change and planet and stuff yeah, like yeah. it's just about maybe a reflection yeah of of all of that of our uh, ecosystem yeah well definitely. i mean it, it, whether or not our work is or isn't about um you know our environment and our mm. and, and things like that it's an, an inevitable part of our thoughts living in it 2022 is, yeah. and yeah. hearing what goes on in the world yeah. you know that's kind of part of my intention yeah. with the show was mm. you know let's take a deep breath yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, there's a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, mad yeah. stuff going on exactly. at the moment and exactly. like that's kind of i think it's especially since the pandemic mm. for me it's been a big turn to nature mm. you know um and the kind of rejuvenating quality that that gives oh, us definitely yeah so yeah. so you know I yeah think... oxygen is is very much part of our atmosphere yeah oxygen carbon yeah. dioxide we're, we're getting too much of one you know so i thought let's focus on the other and, yeah. and kind of think about yeah actually what allows us to live you know it is it is the beauty of it all isn't it and nature because i lucky where i live I, I live quite close to the sea and um and to the south down so 
I enjoy nature and I enjoy being out out and about. Um, and that's that is as well in in my work a, a big topic in mine because I do enjoy the outdoor life. So I try to have that within it as well, although it doesn't always reflect that. Because yeah. um, it is quite abstract and minimal, I, I, it definitely influences what, well, I, I, what I, I do. I definitely yeah. feel it in your work. Mm. There's definitely, I mean, some of the pieces we've had recently at the gallery, um, you know, they, they give a sensation like they've been dug out of the ground or, or they, mm. there's some pieces that, you know, look a little bit skeletal yeah. uh, and you know they, i guess like you said it's, it's an abstract piece you can interpret it in yeah, many ways I, but um i feel like you leave enough nuance mm. in uh, and the, your process leaves enough nuance that it can be interpreted in a lot of ways because it has that very organic feeling yeah and i think that's what people really really um gain from from viewing your work is that sort of sensual and also sort of textural yeah just um I, I, I suggestions do, that can come out of it in many different ways you know i do like that idea of um found fragments and found artifacts that definitely is <laughs> what what drives a lot of my work and it is um yeah, the, yeah it's, it's probably right be it looks like it's been dug out of the ground i absolutely love that because it is that sort of discovery adventure and yeah. um what it could have meant or what it does mean there's yeah. sort of is there cryptic clues in it or something but it, it there isn't but it's um but yeah, I, d I do like people to look at it like, wow, what was this? What what did it? What was it part of? Is it part of something bigger? Or, you mm. know, it's um, so yeah, it's it, it, that's definitely a sort of a, a thing in my work is is a found yeah found quality to found it. Found yeah. quality, yeah. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, um, this has been a fantastic chat. So awesome. thank, thank you, Mark. You. Thanks for having me and thank you uh, so much. bringing everyone into your world. <laughs> um, so our show is coming up on the 10th of November if you'd like to come along um, head over to www.tomcockstudio.com uh, there's an RSVP link in the banner on the website um, and if people want to find some of Mark's work Mark what is your Instagram handle? Um, it's mcharltonart mcharltonart there you go um, I'll put a link in the show notes and thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much.